Hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to a bonus episode of You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, we are going back and revisiting Radiohead to ask the question, did we get it right? In season one, we added OK Computer to our list of one of the hundred greatest albums of all time. And our question was whether or not Kid A should rightly be considered for that place on our list. So we've invited our guest Brad Efford to be back with us and help us figure out if we got this right or if we got this wrong and what do we need to do about it. Micaiah? What do we need to know about Radiohead's Kid A? All right. Kid A uh, comes out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. I think for a lot of people, this was maybe a defining album of the 21st century. Like what music and what rock music will eventually evolve, how it will evolve in the 21st century. Uh, it comes out following OK Computer. Uh, which came out in 1997, and a lot of people kind of viewed it as this kind of great, all-time great rock album, universally agreed upon instant classic. And Kid A comes out, and people don't really know what to make of it. Um, in the late 90s, you know, rock and roll and MTV are, are dominated by people like Korn, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, um, if not, and then, you know, and on the other side of that, you know, your Britney and your Christina's and your Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and then also all things hip hop. And so like, all right, Radiohead, save us, bring back rock music. And then they give, you know, they give this to everyone and it's just not what they wanted. People were, people did not sign up for this. Uh, Enemy, The Guardian, like even, even English rock critics, uh, do not like the album. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in October. And then uh, suddenly by the end of the year, it's on like everyone's best of the year list. Uh, so I hope, I, you know, it's, it's just one of those albums where, you know, at the time, you know, it's, it's, it's okay that you don't love it on the first listen. You're probably not going to adjust on the first listen. You, you might need it to listen to it a few more times. It's um, for some people, a challenging album, but of course now, uh, over 20 years later, it, uh, it seems fine. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like, uh, anything strange or too abstract or still people agree that this is the best Radiohead album and one of the best of all time on the Rolling Stone 500 list. It came in at number 20 on this revised list. And just recently Pitchfork had all of their readers submit uh, 25 albums to be part of what would be the 200 greatest albums in the last 25 years for Pitchfork readers. And Pitchfork readers decided Kid A, number one best album in the last 25 years. OK Computer, number two. And then In Rainbows, number four. I mean, so uh, pretty, pretty packed. I mean, it's like, you know, they're the the new Beatles, you know, the other Rolling Stone, you know, the original Rolling Stone list had, you know, I think 
revolvers, Sergeant Pepper, Rolling, uh, and Abbey Road maybe in their top ten, and now this one's packed in there with the alternate Beatles, twenty first century Beatles, or or what? But I mean, I guess I'd underestimated them. I I, did, I didn't realize that they are the world's most beloved band. Well, I, I wanted uh, I want us to be careful there about conflating the world and pitchfork readers just because I, I think that's going to very that, that would very heavily weight our thought process in one very peculiar direction and so, I mean, so but, I, but, it, but if you look at it this way though like what band in the last 25 years has as many albums in like the rolling the first 100 albums in the new rolling stone 500 Oh no, I'm I'm with you. They they are, I mean, they, like are it, they are the most critically acclaimed band of the last 30 years without a doubt. And and I think that I think that that's why Radiohead was always going to have an album in our list. The struggle for us is just like this was a struggle for us with the Beatles and this is a struggle for us with with other bands that we love is what is the right album to put on? That's really the question. So the reason that we had OK Computer is for both of us. We put our very first list together as we you know, proposed the idea of this podcast. And we both put our original lists of 50 together. And both of us chose not Kid A, but OK Computer. And, and I do think there's something to be said there. Our instinct for both of us was OK Computer over Kid A. Given our questions about getting this right or getting this wrong, when we did our episode with Brad Efford, we aired on the side of we both started off selecting OK Computer. So if it's a toss-up, go with what your you know go with what the original gut reaction was. I, I kind of set myself up to put OK Computer over Kid A, but just like you, coin toss. I mean, like it's. It's really, really tough. I think I told you and I told somebody else. It's like, I mean, it's like we're comparing talking heads and craft work. Like we're just talking about two different things here. Mm-hmm. So like how to put one over the other is just like, well, this we're not talking about the same thing. Like there are they're two different works. There's, there's not much else for us to say in the introduction. I, I think we really need to invite Brad efforts in on this and, and kind of hear his thoughts. Cause he is, if he prefers kid a, and so yes. I think we might need to see it through his eyes and through someone who, who prefers kid a over. Okay. Computer and, and see if he can kind of help us understand it from his point of view. And that's why we've invited him back. But given that I also wonder, and I, and I hate even for us even to be talking about this so soon because we've, you know, we've just completed our first season. We're getting ready to start recording episodes for our second season of the show. I'd, I'd hate to be breaking rules this early into the podcast, but it is also that thing where I find myself going, okay, is this one of those bands where our rule of one album per artist is, is really hurting us. And is this is this a band that one album per artist is hurting us worse than another band? It, like, is there is there another band that we would say, hey, we want to have an album on, but we can't we can't figure out which one. We can't really make the argument well for why it should be this one over that one. Yeah. Um, so, 
so I don't know. I, I don't know what the results of this conversation is going to be, but I'm excited to have it. So yeah. that being said, um, we're going to take a quick break and let you hear from today's sponsor. And then we're going to be back with our guest, the uh, director of the RS500 and um, the editor of Wigwag Mag, Brad Efford. are back with uh, uh, our return guest and friend of the pod, Brad Efford. Brad is the creator of the RS500 project that he uh, talked about at great length last time that he was here, um, but but really an incredible, an incredible writing here. And one of the uh, one of the things that we see on the original RS500 list is both Kid A and OK Computer by Radiohead are on there. And so we can go to RS500 and we can see writing on both albums. And we had you to talk about OK Computer last time that you were here. And we found out the big reveal at the end of that episode, which is actually you prefer Kid A as your favorite Radiohead album. And so the first question we want to ask you to have you back is this why is kid a a better album than okay computer um you know i i think it's just generally a more imaginative album that captures a band like like i think a lot of my favorite albums and a lot of great albums capture a band that kind of has their back against the wall or feels like their back is against the wall um we'll talk about maybe how remain in light is a big influence on this album and Remain in Light by uh, Talking Heads is another one of those albums and is a favorite album. Like it's my favorite Talking Heads album for the same kind of reason where hmm. these are both albums where the people creating them had writer's block and all of a sudden had huge success and didn't want to keep making the same kind of records that they were making. And so it wasn't like the fans were putting them against the wall, but it was like they just felt and Radiohead in this moment just felt so like frustrated with the whole process of making the albums that they had been making that they tried something completely different and threw out their entire like how to be Radiohead playbook and like I think a lot of my favorite albums what comes out of that is something so creative and like creatively driven that I think it's just thrilling to listen to in a way that I think the best songs on OK Computer make me feel that way but that's only like half of the songs for me on okay computer. And there's a chunk of them that I'm like, this is a nice song. This is, this is a good song. Like the album is obviously great. Um, mm-hmm. But like every single track pound for pound on kid a is like thrilling for me to watch unfold because it's just so like what they are doing is so not what they are used to do um, that. It's just, I don't know. It's exciting for me to listen to where like there's multiple moments where I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like I'm like responding to the record as it's playing. I have a lot of follow-up questions. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) Well, let's start here. So, you know, let's let the cat out of the bag. We are now about 10 days removed from Pitchfork releasing their 
top 200 of the last 25 years. And to say that Radiohead features on this list would be the understatement of, of the century. Three of the top four albums on this list are Radiohead albums, but their number one, number one best album of the last 25 years is Kid A, followed by OK Computer at number two. And, and, and I just want to say that that list is voted by fans. So that mm-hmm. pitchfork list, I think what's especially so fascinating about that one and two and, and that whole top five is that it's not like the, like t- there, you can tell that there's not like an editor's hand at play in the way right. that when we talked last time, we talked so much about RS 500 as a list and the Rolling Stone and how does that list encapsulate like Rolling Stones favorite albums or like the best albums and what does that mean and how do editors play a role in that and this new pitchfork list is hilarious to me because (laughs) like I think they really did hold true to this idea that like the fans wrote in or like Mm -hmm. readers wrote in and said like these are my favorite albums so it like the number one two and three are Radiohead, Radiohead, Kanye West, and then Radiohead, and then Kendrick Lamar for the top five. And like putting Kid A and OK Computer at the top two is like, I love that they didn't do anything to that. Like that's clearly how the dice fell in how the readers all voted. Um, and I think it's great. <laughs> I think Micaiah's first response to me when we read it was pitchfork readers are who they are. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and who and who who is that, Micaiah? What do you mean? Uh, Where are the Pitchfork readers? They are the people who put seven Kanye albums on there <laughs> and six Radiohead albums on there. <laughs> and but you know what? God bless them. Uh, Wilco still in the top ten. Good, good for yeah. Yankee Hotel. Five. I, I I put I put in uh, my twenty five for that. I had fun with it, and a good bit of the albums I put on there, you know they. Like Age of Odds was on there. I was like, hey, that's what I was going for. I wanted to see Age of Odds uh, be represented. And I was part of that. And it feels great and democratic. Yeah, it's democracy at work. Oh, man. Okay, where do, Okay, so where do I yeah. begin? Do I start by saying Fear of Music is my favorite talking heads? And maybe that's mm. also where we see OK Computer, Kid A, Remain in Light, Fear of Music. That suddenly seems very analogous. I, I'm well, I'm trying that you mentioned those two, so let's let's talk about let's start with songwriting. Um, because Remain in Light and Kid A have very interesting songwriting like techniques in that there's a lot of them. You know, it's yeah. um, David Byrne is rapping sometimes. Sometimes he's impersonating televangelists. Uh, sometimes he's uh, taking up lyrics that he's had and then just switching the words around and then just like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And Timurka is also doing just make uh, taking words and messing around. Sometimes he's just speaking and then they're good. They use vocorders and other instruments to make melodies out of spoken word stuff. How much of the album for you is like, Oh, instrumentally, this is just intoxicating and how much of it is like, Oh, lyrically and vocally, like, this is what I want from them. Yeah, I guess I don't separate vocally and instrumentally. Um, I mm-hmm. think Radiohead always has had Tom York's 
voice as an instrument. And I think he is very intentional about using his voice as an instrument. And I think that's never more apparent than on Kid A because of all the like vocal uh, manipulation that he does. And like he, he clearly thinks of his voice as an instrument on this album specifically, but I think he uses it as an instrument always um like his he it just sounds like 10 different things depending on how he's using it so those things are the same to me but you know like you were saying he has come out and said the way i created all of the uh, lyrics for this album or almost all of them i just copied what david byrne did on uh, remain in light and like i i was stuck and didn't know what to do and i thought back to what he did and that's what i did which was taking a bunch of lyrics or song fragments or ideas and basically tearing them into strips and like rearranging them. And sometimes like on the floor and just sort of creating like word collages. Um, and this album is so much more focused on rhythm over melody, which he's also talked a lot about that. Like he was just like, I'm, I was so tired of like having a melody and needing to be like a melodic kind of band that I just wanted to create like a rhythm, which is exactly what Remain in light was as well. Yeah. Um, where, David Byrne is like, we're just going to have people come in and like lay down a rhythm for like five or six minutes or, or like even like longer. Um, and I will like come in and spout my lyrics over them, but that it's just going to be like a rhythm. And that is like the base of it all. And I, I think Tom York is too wedded to melody to really do what he says he did on this album. Like this is a, this is a melodic album and yeah. and it's also like a rock album, even though he has said like, I didn't want to make a rock album and this isn't a rock album. And sure, half the songs I guess aren't, but you have a lot of songs like optimistic and stuff that clearly are like rock song. And like, you can tell that like he, he needed to do what he needed to do to get out of like a rut he felt like he was in. Um, but he's ultimately still making like Radiohead songs. Like I don't think that this album is so out there that it doesn't sound like Radiohead. Like it sounds like a Radiohead album. listen to it I feel like I'm listening to the most exciting version of this band and not like a totally different band like I think if you listen to Remain in Light compared to like 77 like if you compare like early Talking Heads album to Mm -hmm. Remain in Light David Burns like his voice is still there so you're like okay I guess this is Talking Heads but like they're so radically different in how they sound um and, and I think it's pretty fair to like draw so many comparisons between these two bands I mean like Obviously, Radiohead comes from a Talking Head 
track and like they they've like he just talks so much about how how inspired he is by talking heads and um david burns specifically and by rem obviously and like the the trajectory of those two bands talking heads and radiohead is they sound so different as bands and like if you think of talking heads being an influence on tom york it's fascinating because you think of david byrne as this like very like upbeat optimistic like wacky guy and you don't really think of tom york like that and there's like there's like a dark undercurrent to david byrne that you're like something is off about this guy but he's joyful and if you watch like his broadway thing from last year there's like it's built on joy and tom york is like what if david byrne it's like a shadow like it's like it's like a shadow david byrne where it's like the same sort of like sensibilities and approach to rock and pop music but what if it was like a demon version of (laughs) like i see them as like parallels in so many ways um So yeah, yeah. David David Burns from Oxford, from Oxford, right? Yeah. Well, David David Burns also he's Scottish, right? Right. Like he didn't technically become an American until like fairly recently, and Tom York is English. However, David Burns also went to art school in America and was actually raised American. So it does seem like he became like the kind of American equivalent. I mean, that's anachronistic to say. But, but I know, yeah, but you're onto I, know something. I know what you mean. It has that kind of like American optimism that I think David Byrne is poking fun at, but also he does like um, delight in it to some extent. Yeah, he he like buys into it, even though you know uh, he he pokes fun at it all the time, and he's sort of like laughing at American culture while also being like, it's like it's like a loving parent who's like poking fun at it, and I think Tom York is much more of like anxiety driven, like we talked a lot about uh, before, but, you know, to, to answer your question more generally, it's, it's definitely more like the music of the album is so exciting to me. And then the lyrics are secondary by uh, uh, a design. And like he, like Tom York did not include lyrics in this album when it came out. And he was like, I don't really want people to know what the lyrics are or to care about them as much. Like the, the lyrics are, a conduit for the music itself and vice versa. Like it's, it's like, he's like, I didn't really write like lyrics to these tracks. I kind of came up with lines and chopped them up and put them into the tracks where it felt right. Um, right. So I think it fits for somebody like me, who's like not really a lyrics first kind of person in general that I hear an album like this. And I don't really feel stressed about like, what exactly is he trying to say in this song? I'm just like, okay, I understand what he says because he's saying it like 20 times in a row and the music is really exciting. Right. Yeah, how, you, how you're, me. yeah, you're kind of liberated from having to decode anything mm-hmm. and just kind of just like, like, oh, is he, this this is about that car accident he was in that I read about. You can just kind of be like, oh, this is, this is just a good groove. You yeah, know? there's not really like a story behind every track, which we talked a lot about when we talked about OK Computer. Right. And, and like, there are stories about where he came up with like each line and stuff like that. But it it's more of what I, what I love so much is that like, for lack of a better term, it is just like a vibey album. And mm. the vibe is very consistent from start to finish of just like overwhelming, yeah. like intensity and mm-hmm. like anguish and anxiety. Um, and I just love how consistent it is. And I love that for like 45 minutes, you're just like, 
in the like hypnotized kind of sway of this album. Whereas with OK Computer, because I know we're kind of comparing them in, in certain ways here. When I listen to that album, it jumps all over the place and it, it will do a great, a great version of all these different types of rock songs. And I love it for that. But I think I what I appreciate so much more about Kide is it's like consistency and it's the, the fact that like as I'm listening, I, I like have a hard time paying attention to anything else when it's on because it's just like I'm in the Kid A kind of brain space. You talked about how it, you know, it, it still feels like a Radiohead album that it's, it's different, but it still feels like Radiohead album. And I I think for me, my, you know, in my head somewhere, I had built kid a as this like really dramatic departure away. And, and then today listening to it, you know, I started off listening to kid a in, in loving it. And then I went back and I listened to the Ben's OK Computer in Kid A in order without without like just straight through loaded the three albums so they would play in order. Started first track of the Ben's and went all the way through and actually went through until I played the last track of Amnesiac. And what's strange is the largest jump listening in 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 that order feels like Kid A to Amnesiac, even though it's all songs written and recorded at the same time but the that the kind of like steps transition from the bins to okay computer to kid a when you listen to it like that it's just like oh yeah like this this is just radiohead like this kind of if you it feels like way more like a natural evolution than like this huge like oh my gosh i can't believe radiohead is now doing this thing it, it all just feels far more natural. And so I, I'm, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that, that it's, it's still very much, I mean, it's, it's a Radiohead album and even, even Tom York, you know, and the things that he said about it and going, Oh yeah, like I'm going to make an album that's just rhythm and not melody. It's like, well, you're still Tom York. Like you're, right. you're some of the most beautiful melodies that they write anywhere on their first six albums are on, are on kid. A. I mean, it's, it is still a melodic album but the other thing that I, I find, you were talking about the intensity of this album. And it is one of the things that I really appreciated today listening to this album, just kind of like on the speakers that I have in my office. But then the last time I went back and listened to Kid A today, I listened to it with headphones in. And, you know, I wasn't focused on doing something else or doing work. Like I have a couch in my office. I laid down the couch in my office put the headphones in and listen to this album. And it just became this thing. Like it, 
it's such an immersive experience. You're talking about it kind of being a vibey album. It is like there, it's not, it's not an album that is all the same. Like it's not like all electronic music. Like it's not like all like this departure away from who they used to be. It is still very much a Radiohead album, but there is a cohesion across the diversity on this album. And there is, there's more diversity on this album than I had remembered. Yeah. But there's a cohesion across that diversity. If there's an argument to be made, at least on our kind of on our part from Kid A, it is that Kid A is the more cohesive album. Like that Kid A seems to work as a whole in a way that maybe OK Computer doesn't as well. Like that that Kid A really has a a a cohesive whole more than the album that often gets thought of as their like <laughs> as their concept album. Yeah, and I I think. Okay, like part of why Kid A was made the way it was made is because OK Computer inspired so many bands to make music that kind of sounded like OK Computer. And I think when you look at Kid A, what I hear when I listen to Kid A is um, is, the, is all the music that inspired it. And that that is just really exciting to me to hear how much of like what went into Kid A was clearly Tom York like listening to like a lot of like Aphex Twin and like Altecker and, um, and he, him saying that Charles Mingus is like an inspiration to this album is really funny. Cause there's just clearly like one moment on the album that they wanted it to sound like Charles Mingus. I'm like, I don't right. really hear that anywhere else, but like, I, I find it exciting that he was like, instead of trying to make a rock album, that's like, an inversion of a Beatles album or something like that, you know, like something interesting. He instead was like, what if I went outside of the realm of rock music and made a rock album inspired by things that aren't rock. And I think what that led us to for the next, what did it, what year to come out? 2000. So for at least the last like next, like 10 to 15 years was all these albums that were very influenced by electronic music and influenced by kid a by association and like all these bands that, like there's no like LCD sound system without like Kid A. And, and you can just hear the progression of the way that music went, not only because of Kid A. I'm not like it, it changed everything, but like you can feel its place in rock history in this place that I don't think holds up as much with OK Computer, at least for me. Like when I listen to that, it sounds like a great rock album that fits into the rock music of that time. But it it sounds a little bit like a dated rock album to me in a way that I don't like I don't think it's a bad thing but when I listen to Kid A it sounds like it could have been made like last year um which I feel like is kind of a like a cliche thing to say but like when I listen to it now I really don't feel like it sounds like anything that it inspired it kind of just sounds like something that fits into any time that you play it in which I think was kind of his goal it's crazy to think they're only three years apart and yet okay computer does sound like it's from a different time it's from a different period. It belongs to a different like like era, and yet Kid A for the last twenty years is like seems consistent for with what's coming out now, even though it only came out three years after OK Computer. You know, but they, yet the the they seem so far away in terms of I don't want to say the vibe, um, but that's kind of the best way to put it. Maybe Kid A sounds at home now in a way that okay computer doesn't like yeah here, here listen to right. this 
with OK Computer, like, okay, this is 1997, Y2K, now listen to it. You can just throw KA on and be like, well, that was really great. What? That was 21 years ago? Holy moly. But I also wonder to what extent that is, if there's any departure for Radiohead, I think it can be argued that OK Computer is their last alternative rock album. I think that kind of quote unquote alternative rock, like that, you know, and again, that that's for the, for the purposes of like promotion and radio and MTV and all that stuff. Like, you know, that was during the period of time in the nineties where everyone had, everyone needed a neat little compartmentalized box to put something like, okay, this, this album goes in this box and that's the way we can contextualize it. Right. I, I, I think that by the time you get, to the end of the nineties, I think there's just no either the idea of alternative rock has died or there's just no longer a use for that, you know, highly compartmentalized box. And so that's, that's the thing that I hear as I listen to it is that you listen to okay computer and it sounds like an alternative rock album in a way that bands today don't, don't seem to feel that sense of pressure of like just being one thing. And I, I don't know how much of that is the strength of Kid A or how much of that is just the reality of the entire like kind of changing face of the music industry over that period of time. So like I'm, 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 I'm with you in, in the end point. I don't know how much of that, how much of the credit of that or the strength of that is here's this great thing the album has done or how much of that is just here's what was happening across music. Yeah. All, all together right and, i think that's and, a great point i i think you could even make the argument that i'm don't think i'm equipped to make <laughs> but like one could make the argument that okay computer was like the last important alternative rock album like it 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 you know like it, it kind of reached the like apex of the genre mm-hmm. not like it's the best one but like it kind of reached like mm-hmm. like what the genre was kind of building to mm-hmm. to extent was okay computer and that's 98 and then or 97 so like that you so you have this moment like you're talking about where you're heading to the late 90s and music is changing and how we consume music is changing where after after okay computer what major alt rock albums are there like not really and if there are some then they've got these electronic touches or they've got things that are no longer like a guitar driven electron or uh, Mm -hmm. like rock album um, so yeah, I think I think that's an excellent point. It would be nice to know how many like rock records, alt rock records, have gone platinum since OK yeah. Computer or since you know, uh, I guess probably just Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two, probably like American Idiot and like you the self titled like, or something. Like new alt rock albums that came out after OK Computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Since, since OK, and even well, even since Kid A.
OK Computer out of the gate. I mean, like from from the moment of its release, it was like unanimous. This is one of the great albums, five stars, 10 out of 10. And Kid A gets, I mean, there there are some pretty respected uh, music journalists and music magazines and music media sources that panned Kid A pretty, I mean, pretty badly from you know when when it was first released and so is is part of it also just the it's easier for us to root for an underdog like we 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 want in in the hindsight like we want to root for kid a more because so many people missed it like because they, they didn't they didn't get it at the start i think it's just a sign of, not always but it can be a sign of something being ahead of its time honestly yeah. like mm-hmm. the thing john carpenter's like the thing which is often cited as like the horror movie of all time. Like it's such a huge classic kind of movie was like the most panned movie in all of history when it came out. And like, there's so many examples of that, of things that over time have proven themselves to be stone cold classics, essentially like, like these things that were kind of just ahead of their time that when they dropped critics were scratching their heads and didn't know what to do with it because it didn't sound like anything else or they didn't have like a language for how to grapple with what it was trying to do. And I'm not saying necessarily that Kid A was like, it blew everybody's minds. Cause like Pitchfork gave it like a 10 out of like this iconic 10 out of 10 review. Like clearly there, there were like places that recognized it for being this, like a masterpiece in their mind, in my mind, like they, they saw it for being a huge step forward for the band, but you're right that there are also a lot of places that, were kind of like this is Tom York like up his own ass or that you know like they they were just kind of like this is not the Radiohead I know and I don't really know what to do with this so mm-hmm. it's bad um, and I think that that happens all the time and then over time people come to realize that it was just doing something that wasn't mainstream at the time or that like was unusual and so people like people are kind of afraid of what they're not used to. Um, and that doesn't always turn out to be true. Like there are obviously lots of things that are panned that are just actually bad, <laughs> but like they just happens time and time again, where a lot of classic albums or movies or books or whatever were panned when they came out. Cause people didn't know what to do with it. Cause it was so unusual, um, mm-hmm. which I kind of love. In the uh, original 2003 Rolling Stone 500, 500 list, one of the lines that they that, that they talk about in referencing Kid A is saying it remains the weirdest album to debut at number one on the Billboard charts. I mean, I think it can't be undersold how good the songwriting is as well. Like, it, I don't just think it's a factor that they were so popular and so everybody went out and bought it because OK Computer was huge and they were a huge band and so everybody just wanted the new Radiohead album. Like it it wouldn't stand the test of time if the songs were bad and if the like if like the songwriting itself was inconsistent or bad or whatever it was so i think you're right in a way that they for sure put this like they weren't the only ones doing it but this like style of incorporating electronic uh, uh music into rock music and all this stuff like put it on a major stage debuting at number one and being like this huge rock band and um 
they, but they were, they were early on in the trend. It's not like it was a huge underground kind of a thing. And they brought it up from the underground. Like they, it, it was not, it was unusual. Um, but I just think the, the songs are good. And like the, the, the songs are unusual. Um, it's funny now to think of Rolling Stone saying that like, this is the weirdest album to debut at number one. Cause like, if you listen to it now, it doesn't strike me as a weird album. It strikes me as like a dark, like it's kind of upsetting at times, honestly. Um, but it, I don't listen to it and think like, Oh, this album is weird. Like, I think, um, like animal collective is a band I was thinking a lot about today. Cause it's a band I, I don't like, and people like love them. And especially in like their early 2010s, late two thousands, they were really coming up and, and they have that thing of, I, I would say being very inspired by or influenced by what Radiohead was doing at this time. And just after like this incorporation of electronic, like it's like a blips and boops plus rock music, plus like, like anthemic parts to it. And, um, I think that if you have a band like that and the songwriting and the songwriting isn't as strong, it's going to sound like it belongs to that time period. And, and that's controversial, I think, but like, I just don't think that a, that like an animal collective album is going to be an album that we look back on in 50 years and be like, this is one of the best albums ever made. Um, even though they're a very popular band and I just think that Kid A, the songs are really good and the songwriting is really strong and it's like hypnotizing. Like, I think it's really hard to make music like this that is good and not lose, not like lose yourself in the experimentation of what you're doing, which is what a lot of other bands have done and would do is they would be like, let's make it really electronic or let's try this out. Let's try this out. Like Radiohead was trying a lot of stuff out and a lot of like techniques out while always keeping like the song at the heart of everything that they were doing. And you can really tell that like each song is a good song and you can just tell that their sense of how to write a song is really strong. They're not just guys in a recording studio like looking and looping around. back to this idea like yeah they're not doing anything new like they're not the first like bowie it had his berlin trilogy and people look at low and heroes and they're like these are all-time great albums and we have talking heads who kind of like make that leap from just kind of like 
punk rock band to new wave band to funk band to what's remaining light, you know? And, um, you know, it's so, yeah. Pl- uh, but then again, like, it's all you're saying. It's like, well, but other people have like made this leap and it's not been good. Um, no one looks at trans by Neil Young and be like, what an all time great album from someone who took an artistic leap. No one looks back at like Zuropa and pop, especially pop. And like, you two people just didn't understand it at the time. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, pop is a garbage album, you know, but Kid A, it just is great music. You know what I mean? They're not the first to just like, let, let's take this shift. I, I wonder if the credit is, they're the first to take this music that is associated with rave culture and dance music, industrial music, EDM, and make it sound like something that is, that is akin to jazz music, classical music, and alternative rock music. That that's where, like the kind of the groundbreaking territory is, is it's not just being like, oh, now they're doing uh, drum machines and bleeps and bloops. It's that they're doing it while also incorporating Charles Mingus and while also in, incorporating Can. And, 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 you know, Krautrock, you know, it, it's that kind of assemblage of using that sound. Because there's another album that comes out in 2000 that does the same thing for a different genre. And that's Stankonia by Outkast. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're like, okay, so with hip hop, we're going to take this music uh, that's from the rave culture that's being played in, you know, in clubs. And they've talked to me too. It's like, yeah, well, people aren't smoking weed anymore now. Now people are taking ecstasy and they're like, they're right. doing and, and amphetamines, like they're, they're new drugs and that needs a new sound. And that's why everything's so like amped up on, on Stankonia. Yeah, it's from national underground, thunderbounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback orangutan, you can't stop a train. Who wants up? Don't come unprepared. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sit in a drop top soaking wet. In a silk suit, trying not to sweat. Hit some assaults without the net. But this be the year that we won't forget. One nine, nine, nine. It's like the medium is the message. I mean, that's such a cliched way of saying it, but like mm-hmm. this is this is an album where like the medium is what counts. Like the, the tools that they are using are what make it what it is. Um, right. And what they have to say in the album is embedded in the tools that they're using much more so than like words that they've written down right. um, and how they're using those tools. Like you're saying, like the way that they're using those tools to craft something totally their own and i wouldn't be like totally unusual even though it kind of is but it's definitely like their own like they're using not radiohead tools to make a radiohead album and keep the song in the center of it um and like that's where the magic is like you're saying i mean like one kind of big thing about the album is that it was like made using pro tools but it's also made using literally an instrument i cannot pronounce i've been like sweating 
thinking about this moment in the podcast, but like, say it, say it. Oh, I have no idea. I, <laughs> it, it is absolutely nothing. It is a banjo. Oh, I, I, oh, <laughs> sure that it were that simple. Like, Hans Martina is how you pronounce it. I don't believe you, but I know that that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> uh, I believe you, Rob. Uh, yeah, because I mean, this is apparently, um, thank you, Wikipedia research, um, like one of like the first kind of electronic instruments. But the, and you look at it, it's like it looks very archaic. Um, but like a lot of these electronic sounds that are being generated are from this kind of older instrument, not from, you know, more modern synthesizers, which are also there as well. They're using like the prophets and all that, you know, stuff that I know very little about. But, you know, so there it's not strictly them. And, and a lot of the sounds that we hear that we assume are synthesizers are actually guitars still. Like, I think Tree Fingers, like every sound that's on that track is actually coming from a guitar and not actually yeah. from. It's just like Ed O'Brien riffs that they're like manipulating, basically. Yeah. yeah you know, so they're, they're it, it's it's not quite the album everyone thinks that it is. Um, there, there are actually much more interesting things happening in there that we just don't really know how to discern because they are just sounds and textures and soundscapes that are just really not familiar. Well, that that's exactly what we talked about. And you especially talked about when we talked about, okay, computer is that it's not quite the album that everybody says it is. Yeah. And it's not quite the album that people said it was when it came out and that people hold it up to be now, um, it's so much more than that and so much different than that. And I think that is such a theme with Radiohead and with a lot of other bands, obviously, but with Radiohead, like people have their ideas of what Radiohead is and who Tom York is and who Johnny Greenwood is. And like, they've built these popular personas for themselves or unpopular personas of themselves that I think it like, seeing a picture of Tom York smiling makes us feel strange because like we have this idea of Tom York in our heads that doesn't fit into a smiling British man. <laughs> and and just like their, their albums, I think are always kind of like that where it's always not what you expect. Um, and even a moon shaped pool is like that. And I, and every, every Radiohead album that is announced or comes out, people are going to have their ideas of what Radiohead is doing. Um, And it's like you're saying that Kid A has this reputation for being what a wacky, weird album. And Mm -hmm. I think you listen to it and it's so much more than that. And it's like kind of a devastating, like somber, classical rock album in a certain way um, Mm -hmm. is why I love it. So something in the research for this episode, one of the things that I have been thinking a lot about in the context of Radiohead as a band is the fact that that Tom doesn't give up on songs that he'll start a song he'll start writing a song he'll come back to it it'll change it knowing that National Anthem is among the very first song like Radiohead as a band National Anthem is one of the very first songs they ever wrote like it's something they had been working on since they were together at school we finally get it in this form that it arrives at on Kid A.
I think Radiohead also has, and I don't know if this is the band or if this is Nigel Godrich or some combination of the two. There seems to be some sense of this band going forward, really from kid a on for, you know, to, cause it seems to be a consistent thing they've brought with them through the rest of their career as career up till now is this idea of like figuring out what the vibe of the album is going to be. Cause it, it definitely feels like kid a is the beginning of a move towards albums that feel more cohesive in, in their vibe, in their sound. And in, in yeah. the, there's, there's something sonically that is tying these albums together in a way that even songs that are written, you know, now across 10, 20 years of time, can be brought together into kind of this one shared vibe together on an album and it, and it works for them. To me, it feels so much like, okay, computer is them reaching the best version of the band that they were. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's their third album and it's the album that they made. That was clearly like, we've been working towards this and it's this like immediate masterpiece. And it's like, people can look back on it and be like, yeah, if you listen to like the bins and even like Pablo honey, like you can hear how they are tinkering and working their way towards okay computer. And, and kid a is the start of something new. Um, and it's not that every album after kid a sounds like a derivative of kid a, like they go back to the Rockwell and like hail to the thief, especially I think is like an unusual kind of album in the post kid a kind of era. Um, but you, I still don't think that they have made a better album than Kid A since Kid A. Um, and I think like Pitchfork, for example, like all the readers agree. And I think that's a pretty common opinion that like maybe the the closest competitor for a lot of people is like in Rainbows, which I know is a lot of people's favorite Radiohead album. Um, but that feels like a chill version of Kid A and a lot of like it, you know, I feel I f- it feels so much like when Kid A came out, it kind of changed everything for the band and they've been, um, probably not consciously, but like each album has kind of been trying to be as good as Kid A, whereas OK Computer was like the best version of the albums that they had already made. I'm not saying that as an example of why Kid A is better, but I just find it interesting that like that's kind of what the trajectory of the band has been in the past 20 years has been kind of like we made two albums worth of songs and we were like here's our best album. And then here's like a B sides of that album. And I think that they're both great me, Brad, but ever since then for the 20 years, ever since they've released a lot of great albums, but they've all kind of been like, wow. Like remember kid a, (laughs) whereas okay. Computer is like, this sounds like a better version of the bins or something like that. Um, Like it, it really like it shifted everything that the band was trying to do. Yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly agree with you that this that this kind of two albums that like OK Computer Kid A is it is the is the pinnacle point of of a very strong career because because again Benz is a very strong album uh, you know In Rainbows is a very strong strong album I I happen to love Hail to the Thief is Hail to the Thief for both of you your favorite post Kid A Radiohead album no I we talked no. about this last time. In in Neither rainbows in in rainbows is my favorite post Kid A album. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think in rainbows and moon shaped pool are the two I like the best. But you guys both really stand up for Hail to the Thief, right? I Hail I, the, I like Hail to the Thief quite a bit. Well, you yeah. also saw that you saw them on that tour, so oh, that's that cool. that helps you there. Um, 
what what I, what I like okay the thing about house of thief is like songs like they're there and wolf at the door are two of my favorite radiohead songs mm. so that you know that 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 pushes it for me um but it's also the kind of their longest album they're like maybe 13 tracks on there or something you know what i mean so like like what i love about kid a 10 tracks boom and one of them is like a minute long yeah it's like basically nine tracks thank you fits on one lp even though they split it on two for some releases i don't know why uh i love that amnesiac is 11 and rainbows is 10 thank you but hail to thieve is just like another one it's just like it's a lot yeah it's 14 it, it, songs i mean that that's like an hour long you know, to the 14 yeah 14 radiohead songs um can be exhausting i mean that that's almost twice as many songs that's on king of limbs so guys and, and, my and, my my hot take radiohead good band <laughs> it's gotta say good band i well, i almost texted well, that to brad's, brad's here being controversial <laughs> yeah, don't Throw add us you go to at wigwag. <laughs> Radiohead, good band. Thinking about this album on its own, what for you are like the high points of Kid A? Like what what are what are the strongest moments on Kid A? What are what are the moments on Kid A where you just go, this this is just this is this is just superlative? It's national anthem, which is my favorite Radiohead song, um, which I think I talked about last time we talked as well. I um, I think the f- first half is stronger than the second half for me though though i love it all um you know you hit something closer to ballads in the second half but you know you still have video tech and you still have morning bell that reaches this really great climax um my favorite songs are probably national anthem and everything in its right place but national anthem is like really where i like that's a song that i still remember the first time i ever heard that song um and had this context of what radiohead was in my mind and then hearing the first two tracks and especially like kid a the the track i was like what is this album and that song is so strange and ends on a baby crying and like there's all these unusual pieces to it and then to have what is essentially like a record scratch into like a bass riff that is 
really intense compared to what you've just been hearing. Um, and then obviously where that song goes and where it ends up um, and the theremin. And there's just like so much exciting stuff that happens that even now when I listen to that song 20 years later, I'm, I'm still like sweating when I look like I'm thrilled by it when I listen to it. Cause it's so like ecstatic in so many ways and, and kind of the like old school um, definition of, of that word. Like it really feels like, ecstasy when i'm listening to it yeah. um so that's definitely like my high point there 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 are songs where it's just going oh yeah like that that song would feel just as much at home on a different radiohead album but I, it, I it, it just works here better oh yeah, yeah optimistic like, op- for optimistic sure. could just be on okay computer like it sounds like an okay computer song um it like yeah, i think a lot of these songs do honestly like i mm-hmm. i think like we've been talking so much about this album has this reputation as something that when you really listen to it with like the more, the more time goes by removed from the release of this album, the more it just kind of sounds like a really great Radiohead album (laughs) and just like Mm -hmm. a great album in general. And the less, like, I think that people hear songs like Kid A or like Tree Fingers and they're like Radiohead's being weird again, but like those are two tracks on a, on a 10 track album that otherwise isn't really getting that weird. Like just kind of sounds like a glitchy rock album. It's Mm -hmm. not trout mask replica, which I know you, right. You know, like that's a, that's an inaccessible weird album. You know what I mean? That's one of my favorite albums. I know it is. I know it is, (laughs) but like, that's a, that's a, that's a tough, I mean, you need to be in a room full of music theorists to like break down why frown land is like actually right. You need Just to like, like have intricate. headphones on and like close your eyes and like not think about anything else. Yeah. It's like homework. You know. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, I mean like optimistic, I mean, in terms like in, lyrically is a lot like the optimistic songs of okay computer, which we talked about like, Oh, this isn't like a dark album. This is him being like, I survived a, a car crash. I can do anything, you know, which is optimistic feels at home their motion picture soundtrack is accessible because it isn't like a mumbled track that they're just like yeah i don't know use it on the album this uh, there's a lot of this album that's like they just recorded like a guide vocal and they're like keep it um but then you get to something like motion picture soundtrack where everything is very intentional very operatic the, to the point where it doesn't sound like it actually belongs that this sounds like it's what should close this album because it actually is very much unlike everything that comes before it. Maybe. 
What is your favorite track on this album, Kid A? Uh, okay. Or Rob, hmm. if Micaiah is thinking for a while. Well, I'll tell you that my first favorite song on the album was How to Disappear Completely because I think it's the most accessible one. I think that was my only, that was my way to get into it was to get into that one. Um, yeah. I mean, cause they, that's the one with like a chorus where you're like, Oh, I, this actually means something like there, there's a meaning here. I don't, I don't know what, you know, waking up sucking on a lemon. Like I don't, that, that means nothing to me, but like how to disappear completely is like, okay, I'm a young angsty man. I understand where this is coming from. I can, yeah, so that, so that was kind of my way of unlocking it's about, it. It's a song about anxiety, which Radiohead, it's like, they're like bread and butter. Like it's like yeah. what they do best. So right. come on. And, and it's a, and one that was, you know, some advice given from Michael Stipe, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, all the more reasons to like it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I think that there are two sides of this album. It's the first three songs and then there's like the optimistic in limbo idiotic morning bell run that I think also kind of define this album, but they're completely different from those first three tracks. But um, I don't know, maybe it's because of my love of, of cinema, that motion picture soundtrack always does it for me. Um, that That's the one that's going to bring me to tears. It's the one that's going to make me, like when you talk about something that just like excites you, like yeah, that song makes my heart race. Like why by the time like the the Disney swells, you know, kind right. of come in, you know, uh, I, I don't know that it's a harp, but I'm gonna say a harp. You know, and all those sounds kind of come in, and it's just like, oh man, I am, and, and it does. But I mean, and oddly, it, it evokes in me images from film you know, and, and colors that I see from film. So I, I don't know if that's intentional on their part, but then when it, when that part ends and it kind of brings you back down to reality, there's something that happens in that spot that is very emotional that I can't put a finger. If I, if I knew what to say about it, I probably still wouldn't say it out loud because it would take away Mm-hmm. what I love about that song and how it makes me feel and what it's capable of doing to me. Uh, well, I, you know, you're, you talked a lot about let down from okay computer last time we talked mm-hmm. and you talked about it in a similar way. Uh, like I, th- I feel like you're very moved. Like, like I am and like a lot of people are by these like grand, like emotions that happen in the song. And like, you talked mm-hmm. a lot about how in let down when like all of the voices come in and all these like layers all of a sudden like join up all together. It's this very emotional kind of a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that totally tracks in, in kind of hearing what moves you. Like it's those yeah. moments where everything is swelling to this point where it feels like it might break and then it either stops or it does break. Um, it's very right. effective. Like they, they do that so well. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's funny. So Brad, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think National Anthem is the strongest song on, on Kid A. You, you talked about how you feel like the, the first side of this album is better than the second side. And, and I think I actually prefer the second side. You know, every, everything in its right place, like, 
is is i think kind of a great opening track to like say like make this statement about like this album is not like the last like this this is not this is not this is not okay computer this is not the bins especially for an album that came out without a music video or without a single being released ahead of time like an, an album that essentially came out without any preparation for people about what they were getting into i think everything in its right place in kid a are are making a statement national anthem feels like the first like really focused song that you arrive at on the album but for me like that optimistic in limbo idiotech morning bell motion picture soundtrack run that's i mean that's perfect like in and for me listening to this album streaming really it's it's national anthem to motion picture soundtrack is perfect like i i i feel like as weird as this is to say national anthem to morning to motion picture soundtrack have have like this cohesive theme in my mind like not not uh, not thematically in terms of lyrics but like in terms of the feel or the vibe of of this music like it all feels together and and because of that like and maybe it's just because kid a, i think is the weakest track on the album like i think the title track is the weakest track on the album and, even though and, there's a song called tree fingers that is just an instrumental track for about a minute yeah but i like tree fingers tree fingers is, tree fingers is I great like, i like it's tree fingers too but to I call think it I think Untitled is the weakest track on this album. I think it should end with motion motion pictures. See, I don't I, I don't even kind of like I don't song even count, wise. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't consider that a, yeah, neither do I. Um is Kid A the weakest track on this album? It is a very compelling point. I might agree with it. Oh, actually. I, I'm but I'm I hurt. also don't I mean I this is one of my favorite albums. I love every song on this album. I love tree fingers. Mm-hmm. Like I love all of it. So to say, if I have to pick a least favorite, it's maybe kid a, like that's still one of my favorite songs. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I guess just for, for me, that that's all I mean is that like, I, I guess that's high praise then, right? Yeah. It's like, huh, I guess this amazing song must be the, the weakest it, song on the album. Rob, it sounds like, it sounds like you think kid a is better than okay computer. That's really what you're trying to actually say. Rob, that was going to be my question for you. And actually Brad, you too. Cause I remember, you know, so when you're talking about that national anthem to motion picture soundtrack run, is that run better than, what is it going to be airbag to fit or happier? Sure. Yeah. But, but, but again, I, I think that that's, so the, the reveal for me coming into this and, and, and I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I, I, I want to agree with and affirm kind of all of the things that we've said and talked about and talked about, because it's just, this for me, isn't like a, a good album and a bad album. Okay, computer in Kid A. It's like no, no. These are two perfect albums. And so trying, trying to like think of the one that is more perfect or like more deserving, you know, feel like so. Like I, I like them for different reasons and for different things. Like I, I do feel like, you know, Brad, you, you, you said it best, which is like Kid A is the like culmination of the band they were before. I mean, uh, uh, OK Computer is like the the kind of pinnacle of the band they were before. And then Kid A is this kind of like, here's here's the band we are now. The only area where I struggle with that is if if Kid A is this like declaration, if it's this like thesis of here's who, here's the band we are now, they, they've never equaled it since since its release. 
And so yeah. that's that's the struggle for me with Kid A. I, I feel like Kid A is over the course of their career, essentially like 1991, 92 to 1998, basically, or, or beginning of 1999, whenever the whenever the OK no, end of 1998 is when the OK Computer Tour finally ended. So like, there's this like seven year period where they are the band that we hear on Pablo Honey, the Bins, and OK Computer. For the last 20 years, more now, they've been the band that we hear on Kid A. The problem is they've been they've been this band for 20 years now, and they haven't they haven't equaled the their kind of like first thing out of the gate as that band. Well, then, and that's that's yeah. the struggle for me. Is it, but it's also the struggle that I have, you know, if we're like talking about movies, like, you know, how do you talk about Orson Welles and, and then be like, yeah, he never came close to Citizen Kane again. Like, there's two things here. One is that I think a moon shaped pool potentially could be a new, not like watermark is the wrong word, but, but like a new direction for the band, depending on what comes after this album. Not yeah. that it's as good as Kid A, but like that, that album is I, I love that album but but it, like it's doing a lot of stuff that i think is m- almost more in line with johnny greenwood's like scoring work and Agreed. tom york's solo work like there's this weird combination of those two elements in that album that i don't think is there in their earlier stuff so i'm really interested to see if or when they release a new album if that's more in line with what a moonshaped pool is doing because i do think that that is is sort of a departure from what they've been doing since Kid A. But the other thing is that I think j- just to bring us like full circle that a lot of what we've been talking about is that there's a lot of okay computer um, DNA in Kid A. And like that is the magic of Kid A is that it's the it's clearly when you listen to it now, the same band that made okay computer. Like it doesn't sound like a radical change in the way that we kind of have been told that it is. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like the band that made okay computer trying something a little bit different. And um, like that, that I think is just a really important piece of it as well, that you, that there's still a lot of okay computer, which is like canonically a masterpiece in the DNA of kid a, which is a different, like a different kind of creature of a masterpiece. Um, And so that's why everything after it, I think isn't as good is because the farther you move from, the band they were when they made okay computer not like the worst the music gets but like you at i think as an artist you've got a lot of juice and eventually you run out of the juice that you have because your ideas are drying up in certain ways or you radically change what you were doing in order to find a new kind of juice mm-hmm. and and so like i don't think they've really radically changed they just kind of have been like going to the same kind of well and because they're such good songwriters and good musicians, the well is still great. And like the departure stuff has been with Tom York's solo stuff and Johnny Greenwood's score stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the Tom York solo albums very much, but I know a lot of people really like them. I know people really stand up for them. They're very popular. Um, but like he, he's definitely leaning into like glitchy stuff a lot heavier there. And then Johnny Greenwood leans into obviously like scoring movies, which is much mm-hmm. more orchestral and, um he's he's, like he's gonna win an oscar like maybe in in the winter for you know like like they won't let they won't give him an oscar they won't let it i don't know i I know i wish next year (laughs) i wish after he wins it i think he should have 
I think he should have been nominated for There'll Be Blood and The Master, and he wasn't even nominated for those. I think he should have won for them. But... He should have won for Phantom Thread, but uh, yep, it's a different beast. But like, the, like, they're that kind of doing their score own. Is... It's great. Um, but but they've been kind of doing their own things, and those, I think, are so different from what, from what Radiohead is. But But I do think it's just really important to see OK Computer and Kid A as, like, step-siblings in a lot of ways. Like, they... Or half siblings, like they they share a lot of blood. Yeah. It's clearly made by the same band. Um, it's just one band trying not to sound like themselves, but unable to really avoid it. Um, and that's why they're both so great because they're made by the same band in its prime. And that band hasn't been in its prime since then. And that's what happens to every band. That That's not me Brad, we want to thank you for being with us and uh, sharing your heart and your thoughts about Kid A. And um, uh, I, I don't know where we go from here, but uh, when when we release the episode, uh, I guess you'll you'll find out what we what we ended up doing. But uh, I, I will tell you if there's any if there's anyone who could convince us to go in the direction of Kid A over our original pick of OK Computer, I think you may have done it. Yes. Oh. I want to go around and hear, I guess I'll hear afterwards. <laughs> it's fine. You know my pick. And thank you guys for having me back on and for taking up so much more of your time. Um, <laughs> this album is great and you guys are great. All right, Rob. Where do we go from here? How how does this work? Now, do we just say what's done is done? We chose OK Computer, but you know it was it was good on us to to give Kid A a chance. Or do we do a swap? Do we say, yeah, actually we forgot one, and it actually needs to be Kid A, or do we do something even more groundbreaking for us and start to question our, our kind of our one big rule, which is one album per artist? 
are we going to open up that door to say we need two from Radiohead? Because then seems like it's a real slippery slope from there. But yeah, yeah. That, I so I, I that's a Pandora's box that if we if we open it, we can't close it again. And so and so I'm 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 real reluctant to do that. If we're talking about just the conversation with Brad and, and the arguments being made there, and the fact that you know I've spent five hours of my day today while doing other things listening to Radiohead, I think that it's it's still very very close for me. But I think that if the idea is we're only going to do one album from each artist. I do feel like Kid A might be the more representative album for who Radiohead is over the course of their career. I believe it is the more cohesive album sonically. I still think OK Computer has the hits. So so I would still take the best three or four songs on OK Computer over the best three or four songs on... Kid A, the difference is the weakest three tracks on Kid A are better than the weakest three tracks on OK Computer. Yeah. And some of that is also just a different you know, difference in number of total tracks and, and some of that plays into it as well. But mm-hmm. um, Kid A is a more consistent album. And so I, I, I think that I think we can hold these up side by side and say these are two perfect albums. I mean, they're, they're two, they're two phenomenal albums. They are, they are representative of, they are two albums that are representative of the highest points in this band's storied career. I would be okay with us switching from okay computer to kid a. The only thing that I'm struggling with is coming into this podcast Given the opportunity, neither one of us chose Kid A over OK Computer, which means that I think in order for us to change it from OK Computer to Kid A, I think we both need to be fully convinced we were wrong, that we got this wrong, and and we need to change it. Here's my entire thought process that really gets back to the OK Computer episode. And I am going to split hairs here. Kid A has the better album cover. There is something, but the, but I think that an album's aesthetic is not just the sound. It is also the look of the album. It, it is the vibe. It's the sound. It's the individual songs. It's. But I, um, I feel like I feel like the vibe of so to call them to call them a, a better album cover. Like the one thing that that Radiohead has really had for the majority of their career is really great graphic design and. Mm-hmm and a really great artistic sensibility. If I'm just looking at them, I'm going to grab, I want to grab Kid A first. If I'm going to look at, put down my five favorite songs from Kid A and my five favorite songs from OK Computer, I'm going to choose my five OK Computer songs, I think. But it's because also I don't want to separate mm-hmm. five, any of the songs from Kid A. I want the whole and that is the way this album was presented to people as well. They didn't release singles because they didn't want you to think of anything as being separate from the whole. And I think that's really smart. I think that's why so many people view this album as an important singular piece because of 
that people, you know, so they didn't have much of a marketing strategy. I think that's actually a very brilliant marketing strategy not to release singles to, to say, no, kid A is important, not the big single and then go get the pick up the album so you can hear the big single. No, you need to hear this big new album. So, yeah, so I the Kid A is an album I like much more. I mean, because for me, when I'm thinking of like, even when I think of OK Computer, I'm really thinking of like the first seven tracks because for me, like that's what makes OK Computer. Because like things like Climb Up the Walls, I Can Live Without, Electioneering, I like, but I don't like it on OK Computer. You know what I mean? It's like that, that's a, that suits them in a, in a different time. I, but at the same time, like I think Radiohead has, or OK Computer has the better opening track. I think today has the better closing track. Um, you know, so I, mean, I, I can split hairs like this all day. Yeah, you, it's, it's just splitting hairs. And it's just going to come down to uh, some, maybe it's instinct. I don't know. But our, our instincts have led us to OK Computer. But now it seems like our instincts are leading us toward Kid A. I do find myself wanting to listen to Kid A more. Yeah, see, that that's the thing. So even now as we're thinking about it and talking about it, that's the only thing that feels unsettling to me in my mind is that idea of going, I don't know that I want to listen to Kid A more than I want to listen to OK Computer. If mm-hmm. I can only listen to one Radiohead album, I still think personally for me, I'd rather listen to OK Computer than Kid A. This feels like a, so much of a harder decision than Revolver versus Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. Or like, after weeks of moon dance or stand and there's a riot going on. This is the only album that we thought we got it wrong. Just, just, just the same as we had the, the instinct to go for okay computer. It's also the only one where we've had the, the opposite instinct of saying, actually we may have got that wrong. We, we have not, you and I have never texted and been like, should we think about our Stevie wonder album? Do we need to revisit Stevie Wonder? Do we need to revisit the Beatles? Do we need to revisit Van? Do we need to revisit Elvis Costello? This is the only decision we've made that has kind of tormented us. I'm which, which, is, which is another instinct, you know? So like, is that the, is that the better instinct to follow? So, so here's, what I'm gonna, here's what I'm going to propose. Because even, even as I think about us changing it to Kid A then my immediate instinct is like, well, that feels like, well, that makes me wonder if we got that right. Like this is one of those things where this is not you and I on opposite sides of the fence here. I think we're both equally struggling with this. Yeah. So, that's the, that's the key difference. So I'm going to, I'm going to propose an idea here and, and just say what, however it goes, we're going to live with it. Are you going to actually toss a coin? That's, that's what I'm actually thinking we do. <laughs> well, it, it would be interesting to see how we feel based on that coin toss. Because if you've tossed a coin, Sergeant Pepper Revolver, I'd be like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would feel, I would I would feel fine mm-hmm. with that. Even though Revolver isn't even like, Sergeant Pepper's my favorite, Revolver's not my second favorite, but still, I'd be okay with that. Heads, Kid A, Tails, okay, computer? Let's see what happens. Heads, Kid A. I'm relieved. That's how I feel. <laughs> how do you feel? Um, Reluctant? Truthfully, and I say this with with great gratitude and appreciation for Brad Efford, 
Mm-hmm. Friend of the pod. Guests for the second time talking about Radiohead with us. For our listeners, I want to just say thank you um, for enduring this episode. If if you're a Kid A fan, then then congratulations. We've made the switch. Kid oh, wow. A is Kid Kid A is 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 now our Radiohead album. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an OK Computer fan, um, blame it on the coin. <laughs> Whoa, is that the T-shirt? <laughs> blame it on the coin. <laughs> is that is that going to be the You Forgot My T-shirt? Blame it on the coin. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a Tom York's face on it. Oh, how great like would it be? Tom like York half dollar. Here's the good news. Over the course of this episode, if nothing else, you got to listen to a whole lot of Radiohead songs. And so, Micaiah, let's close this episode with the closing track from Kid A and your favorite track on this album, Motion Picture Soundtrack. Or or we can do something crazier and go uh-huh. the complete other way. From the Drill EP, we can give them Thinking About You. I'm, I'm fine either way. Let's see what the coin says. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking about you, it is. Listener, have a great day.